Here we are now. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always get the giggles when I sort of press record and we start off on this. It's just it's just so much fun, isn't it? It's just so much fun to be here. <laughs> what a day, what a life. What is happening right now? I don't even know. Today, now, what are we talking about today? Today, I'd like to talk about this idea of dead and alive words. And this is an idea that I got from Osho. So Osho was a visionary speaker, a visionary spiritual teacher. And one of the things that he spoke about was this thing of dead words and alive words. And the way I understood that, the way that that has resonated with me, is when words are dead, they're not very meaningful. They're sort of hollow. They're dead. They're, they're, they haven't got the weight of meaning behind them. They haven't got the weight of significance to them. And I can understand that. I can understand hollow words. Yet the other side of it is alive words, words that really resonate, words that are really vibrant. They're full of flavor. They're real. They mean everything. And really, that's the difference, right? Dead words and alive words. So the question is, well, how do you avoid the dead words and how do you live with the alive words or speak the alive words? And I think there's quite a trap in using old words. I mean, the way Osho, one of the ways Osho explained it, as far as I understand, is that a lot of the words that you read from someone else, the psychologies, the books, the histories, the stories. That's someone else's way of talking. And if you're just parroting those, if you're just regurgitating those words again, then there's no real meaning to them. And that can be a real trap. That can be a real habit that we get ourselves into. I know I've fallen for that many a times, and I will fall for it again. No doubt, no doubt. But then the other side is, well, how do you find the words that are alive to you? And really, this just takes a little bit of self-reflection. This takes a little bit of self-awareness. It takes a little bit of insight mind. And it takes practice to actually say, now, in this situation, what is the right word to say? What really is, if you hold yourself to that, if you say, what is the the most clear, true, resonant word. What is the word that if I say it, it's just going to go boom. (laughs) And holding yourself to that and taking a moment to pause, because you do have to pause. You do have to stop. You do have to develop that kind of sixth sense for it. But doing that actually becomes a skill. Now, some words, for me, get overused and they get flogged to death. 
So they're not just dead words, they're flogged to death words. <laughs> Some of those words for me include ego or enlightenment or God or personal development. <laughs> the list could go on, right? These words are overused and they've lost their meaning because they're used so much. So I stay away from them. I say, well, I don't want to use them. And yet the phenomenons that these words are used for can be found within me because that's the other side of alive words, right? It's not just getting the right word. It's also having the experience. If you don't have an experience of God, you're never really going to need to use the word God. If you don't have an experience of infinity, you're never really going to need to use the word infinity. If you don't have an experience of ecstasy, you're never really going to need the word ecstasy. And in fact, when you have the experience of ecstasy, you might say, ah, now I understand it. Now there's this new word, this word that you've never even thought about before. You've never even heard other people talk about before, but you realize exactly what that word is now. And now that's your new pet word, ecstasy. Ecstasy. Conversely, when you go on that path, a little longer, you might realize that people are using the word ecstasy in a dead way, right? They're using this word ecstasy, but it's dead to them. They don't really mean it. They don't really know. Do they really know the experience of ecstasy? <laughs> so it's not like we can walk around and say, well, ecstasy is an alive word and ego is a dead word. It doesn't work like that. It really matters on how it resonates with you. Ecstasy can be a dead word. It can be an alive word. And of course, a further way to go about living these alive words is by actually finding a new word. Now, one word I like is glory. When I use the word glory... It really actually means something like enlightenment. For me, glory, the glory, is the most incredible awakening experience. It is the breaking through of all perspectives. It's the stepping up into this new self. It's the shedding and burning of dirt, pain and disgust. It's the ability to live up to your higher self, to face any problem, to overcome any hurdle, any challenge that might come your way. It's the ability to be strong in yourself and also clear and also sensitive and kind and loving. It's the ability to hear crystal clear to touch, to smell, to see with a piercing sight. That is glory. And it's a feeling like, 
glory. I can feel the, the light shining out of me. I can feel the, the burst, right? The ecstasy, the joy, the clarity, the peace. All of this is glory. And really, that's just my word for it. Who knows why it is that that word has resonated with me. Some people would just say, well, that's enlightenment. And I think the the majority of people who use the word enlightenment (laughs) actually don't have it resonate quite as deeply as it should. But of course, that's not for me to judge. Can you ever really know how deep someone has gone? (laughs) Another thing Osho said about this was that actually sometimes you can hear someone else's word and have it resonate within you. You can actually hear someone else's words and realize that, ah, yes, I do understand that experience. And yes, these are the right words for it. These are the good words. These are alive words. So it's not as though you have to reject all psychology and philosophy and literature. <laughs> not at all. I mean, Osho himself drew upon the humanities. And he twisted those words in his way to share his experience in an alive way. I mean, that's why his words resonate, right, with me, because I could sense that they were alive. Those words were alive to him. And just think of like the culture that we're in now. Just compare that to when you turn on your screen and have someone talking at you. How dead those words are. How hollow those words are. How unconcerned with the profound. How unconcerned with self-knowledge with helping others, with compassion, with love, with celebration, with joy. So much of it is just concerned with the dirt and the grit. And that's not even to say anything of the the empty words, the meaningless words, the babble that goes on and on and on and around and around and around. And it's addictive. It's exciting. It's entertaining. And yet these are dead words. Now we have this thing of, well, the fresh news, right? The quick news, the new news, the news of the day. And of course, this isn't just a phenomenon that we're living in now. I mean, this has always been the case. What is the news of the day? What is the new news? Nobody wants yesterday's news. Right? We're always up to date. This thing of an event that has happened very recently, you want to hear about it. You want to know about it first. And you can get this sense when you realize, ah, the new thing, that, wow, okay, so it's alive because it's an event of our times. But really, this is false. I mean, this is a kind of shallowness. These news cycles, these world events. Of course, it is important to be in touch with the times. 
But the falsity of that aliveness becomes apparent when you really go deeper. When you really want to sense how is it resonating with you. And another thing, it might be that it's resonating with you in a negative way, and that's really all you need. To be triggered into fear can create a kind of false aliveness, because when you're in fear, when you're worried about something like a world event or something that's happening, you realize, oh, well, that's a feeling, and that's an intense feeling, and an intense feeling can give you this sense of aliveness, this sense of vibrance. But I'd like to wager that it's much more important to get that feeling from something positive, from something deep, from something that comes from kindness, from something that comes from beauty. So sense this difference between dead words and alive words. And it takes time to figure that out. It is a skill that is ongoing. It is something that becomes ever deeper with practice. But really it begins by listening carefully and trusting yourself. And honestly asking, how do these words resonate within you? So those are some thoughts that I've been thinking about. And if you can, leave me a comment with some words that have resonated with you. Something that's meaningful to you. So, thanks very much for tuning in. And that's all I have to say for now.